today on episode number 175 of the Real Life Runners podcast. So as a runner, we want to improve. We're constantly looking for ways to challenge ourselves and get faster. So today we're going to be talking about one of the best ways to continue to improve and to get faster in your running, and that is by playing with different levels of effort and paces during our training. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, so today we're talking about how to improve as a runner. Right, of really trying to find the best runner inside of you, because I think that's a lot of the people listening of once they come around to accepting I'm a runner, mm-hmm. which is a big, a big step. Yeah, that's step number one. So for those of you that may be new to our podcast, we encourage every single person listening to accept the identity of runner. It's like to actually say those words, I am a runner, because when you say that you're a runner, you are then more likely to do the things that runners do. And that's what we're all looking for, right? When we want to run, if you're listening to a running podcast, you're probably trying to figure out ways to get better or ways to feel better during your running. Maybe running just doesn't feel good right now. Right. And the way to improve as a runner falls into so many different categories. Like it can simply mean feeling stronger and more fit, like whatever that means means to you be feeling fit right it it totally counts as that like some people are like no no no, i have to run my fastest race ever that's how that i know that i'm being the best runner but it can also just be a sign of of strength and fitness right and for some people being strong and fit means running without pain right maybe you've had pain in your knees and your back and your hips whatever it might be and you just want to go out and you want to go for a run because you know it's good for you you know that there's a lot of health benefits when it comes to running but when you do it it doesn't feel great so that's not really fun and you know you're just not going to be motivated to stick with it for a long time if you don't enjoy it and if it doesn't feel good yeah and then that kind of leads into one of the other ways of being your best runner which is just maintaining that consistency so many people are all oh i was a runner last month but i'm not a runner this month like they're, mm-hmm. they're in and they're out and, and it's an up and down constant seeming like they're starting over again all the time so maybe being the best runner is simply maintaining that consistency week after week and literally month over month yeah Yeah, and I think that this is actually one of the things that I have heard a lot recently from the members of our Real Life Runners training team, that 2020, even though it's been filled with many different challenges in all aspects of our life, so many of the people on our team point out that this has been their most consistent year of running, and a lot of that's because they decided to join the team. You know, they had not only a training plan that works for them, but they also had the support and the accountability of those teammates. So maintaining consistency, like, has been a huge thing for a lot of people this year. I mean, having having a plan, having teammates around you is a huge aspect. Also, as much as everyone's like, oh, I love the races, I, I, I'm so competitive about the races, sometimes after you finish a race, you hit this sort of like uh, almost like depressed level in your training. Like you, you've reached this like thing you've been striving for for the last several weeks, maybe a couple of months, and then you just fall off of training off mm-hmm. of that. So when you control what the race is and when the race is in terms of like virtual racing, you can also control what you do in the week after that mm-hmm. and how quickly you'd like to do the next one. There's there's less of a schedule and you have a lot more control over it. The thing was that you always had control over it. 2020 
well, some things seem a little out of control. People are hanging on and saying, I have control of my running. Mm -hmm. I have control of my fitness. Yeah, and I think that's a very important thing for us right now because, like you said, there are other things that might not be, but running is one thing that we do still have control over. And yes, we may not have control over races, but that doesn't mean that we need to stop running. That doesn't mean that our consistency consistency should go down the tubes just because there's not a race on the calendar. If you are the kind of person that typically wants that race or quote unquote needs that race on the calendar for you to train, pick a date and make that your race date. You know, like just because there's not other people running that day doesn't mean that that can't be your race date. Pick a day on the calendar and train for it. Like if that's something that motivates you because you like to test yourself, right? That's another thing that a lot of runners um, hold on to, right? They like the challenge of racing. They like the challenge of testing themselves to run faster or run farther than they ever have before. Yeah, the the testing yourself. And I mean, you want a really good test for yourself – try a solo race that is that is an intense test of mental and physical will yeah that'll Which, show you what you're made of i mean ultimately that's what you're trying to get out of races like leave the clock alone for a second and just see how hard can you push for how far mm-hmm. like that's ultimately what racing is and that's what all of running is is just trying to test yourself and see what see what it is that's that's inside of you when right. the body says it's time to quit can you overpower it and say actually it's not and if you are looking for a race we we have some help with that one too we do have a virtual race coming up on new year's weekend so if you haven't signed up yet you can go to realliferunners.com forward slash race and that will will um, direct you to sign up for our virtual races um, series, which is the the Run Your Life. You can choose 5K, 10K, or half marathon, um, and you get uh, an awesome custom medal that is so sweet. Oh, yeah. Um, and, once, once you saw the picture oh, of the actual medal in so completion, cool. they're phenomenal. They're so – they look so amazing. The shirts are really nice. The shirts are really nice, too. Yeah. So the first round have been shipped out, and so um, so that the people that have registered before this episode, um, like the, the deadline was last week, that you will definitely – be getting your your stuff by race day so if you if you run now you'll be able to get all the swag you just might not have it in time for the race but that's okay too but you're still gonna be supporting a couple of awesome causes one this podcast which hopefully you're getting some benefit from and the charity that we're benefiting towards which is girls gotta run foundation okay so the girls gotta run foundation they help to empower women in ethiopia through running entrepreneurship and education they're a fantastic cause you can find out more on our website again that's realliferunners.com forward slash race and then you can find the link to girls gotta run there also so that was a nice little plug that i didn't expect yeah i mean you're talking about testing yourself <laughs> with races i figured we it's should true, mention though. hey there are races you know, coming up and i think that the important thing though too to think about is you know a lot of people are like oh i hate virtual races why would i you know why would i pay to just run around my neighborhood which you know that's a good point sure it's true right Right? But obviously, you're, you're raising money for other causes. We're donating money to the foundation. You can help support this podcast if you're a loyal listener and you love listening to us every week. You know, That would be great for you to show your support for us, for the podcast, and for the Girls Gotta Run Foundation. But I think that it's tricky because people sometimes are like, well, there's no way I can ever run a PR in a virtual race, right? Because the race environment is so exciting and it's true, right? It is easier sometimes in in some ways to run faster when you're around a lot of other people, right? Because you can try to keep up with certain people, like you can find people ahead of you, like there's pushing, like you hear all sorts of really cool stories that come out of races of, you know, that random person that kind of came up behind you and were like, 
come on, man, we're going to do this together. Like that running community, that camaraderie that happens, that's really, really cool. But if you take it out of that and think about a virtual race has not compared to an in-person race. Just think of it as, like Kevin said, a new challenge for yourself. Like you don't have to compare this PR to whatever your race PR is. Maybe you start a virtual PR, you know, like if, if you want to start seeing how much you can push yourself on your own, you know, you decide, hey, you know what? Okay, I'm, I'm going to run a half marathon by myself, self-supported, and I'm going to get that time. And then maybe in a couple months, I'm going to do that again, you know, unless hopefully races will come back. But if not, there's still ways that you can track your progress, even just by yourself. Well, yeah. And also, I mean, just because races do come back doesn't necessarily mean there's going to be an abundance of races in your area, Mm -hmm. or you might not be comfortable showing up in a big crowd of races like that. I know we have a race that just happened last weekend around here. There was no way I was showing up in a crowd that big. Like it just, it seemed a little much and Mm -hmm. I don't know how it went. I'm sure it was fine, but it seemed, it seemed like a lot. So, but everybody has different comfort levels, right? But once they start coming back, having your own thing, this is why I love like personal record is what I've always referred to the fastest I've ever run a 5k was my personal record. But I love the phrase personal best Mm -hmm. because I think that you can run a personal best day after day. I don't recommend doing that day after day, like trying to run as fast as you can, but running your personal best. Correct. And I think that that's what we're kind of going to get into today, right? Because personal best can mean different things to different people. Um, Like we just said, right? Maybe it's just feeling strong and fit. Maybe it's a fast, your fastest race time. Maybe it's just that consistency, like whatever it might be, like what is your definition of your personal best because there are some people that maybe ran in high school or in college and were in the best shape of their life 30 years ago you're not going to beat that time now most likely like you know what I mean like the the likelihood of beating a high school or college PR if you were a competitive runner during that time is pretty low right so you have to have a new definition and I think that this is one thing that is important for us to think about what is our definition of our personal best for 2021, right? Like that can be different than it was in 2020 or in 2017 or whatever it might be, right? And it doesn't always have to be the time on the clock because like Kevin said, if you are the kind of runner that goes out every day and tries to beat your time on the clock every single day. Like there are literally people that I see post on social media that go out and try to hit a PR every day on every single run. And that is just a recipe for injury. I I watch it and then I see it happen and it's just unfortunate. It's, it's a train wreck that's happening in slow motion over the course of like a couple of weeks and you just can't do anything to stop it because it's just on social media. Right. Well, cause Uh you know, but people like, cause it's, it's very exciting. You know, when you hit these numbers, especially now with all of the data we have with our, our smartwatches, you know, like you've got distance, you've got pace, you have speed, there's all sorts of metrics that you can measure. And so it can be very intoxicating and very almost addictive to start chasing those numbers and try to continue to improve every single time you go out and run. And what we want to really get through to you today is that is not the smartest way to train. It is extremely important for you to vary the pacing, the effort levels, and the types of workouts that you're running during your training plan. If you are just going out every single day and running as hard as you can or as far as you can and trying to just continuously beat your time from yesterday, you're going to end up sick, injured, or completely burnt out. 
Right, and then there's the people who swing all the way to the other side of the spectrum. So you have the runners who head out and just push every single day. Like, it's another day grinding it. Like, okay, you can have days where you're grinding it, but probably not two to three to four to five days in a row. Eventually, that grinding is going to literally grind you into the ground, and that's a bad thing. On the other end, there's people who are out there who are just maybe a little bit too cautious with all their paces. They're unsure how to bring speed in. They've had injuries before, so they're just going to keep it nice and slow and relaxed always. This, I don't think, is going to lead to great success either. It won't. Because you're never really pushing. You're just living so much in this comfort zone that you're never really going to be able to see if you can kind of keep actually improving. Mm -hmm. Like you could say, well, yeah, but look how consistent I am. I think eventually that consistency is going to lead to boredom because it's the same super comfortable run all the time. I mean, you you feel that way, but some people might not, you know, and, and that's okay too. And that's where we go back to there are different types of runners with different types of goals. So if your goal is just consistency and you are happy running an easy pace for every single one of your runs, then fantastic. You know, that's totally cool. But if you want to start maybe thinking about how you might want to start mixing it up a little bit to see how you can improve, like whether it might be speed, whether it might be adding distance, however it might be, the things that we're going to talk about today are definitely going to help you with that, okay? So yes, if you run longer, slower distances, if you maintain that easy pace running, you can continuously just kind of stretch out the distance that you're able to run, the, the, the time that you're able to run, right? However, there are benefits to running harder, like running harder, those tend to be more strength building workouts, okay? So when you run harder, even if the goal is not to be a sprinter, okay, you're still building strength, which can then help you on those longer runs because you're strengthening your tendons and your ligaments and you're um, bringing more muscle fibers in and different types of muscle fibers. And you're also bringing in different sources of energy into the body. And we're going to talk about all of that today. Yeah. I mean, you kind of, kind of, Left a little bit ahead there. Let's let's bring this all back together and say that basically, <laughs> regardless of what what your goal is out of running, like if your goal is however you define, I want to be a, a better runner tomorrow than I am today, or a better runner next month than I am right now. This variety of paces is going to be super helpful. You you need your easy runs in there because they help you from just burning yourself into the ground. And, you know, easy runs do, in fact, help reduce your your injury. You're less likely to get hurt with a bunch of easy runs than you are Mm -hmm. if you just keep pounding it every single day. But the faster runs help kind of relieve that boredom. And I think beyond just the the physical benefits, they add this element of experimentation, Mm -hmm. which is a huge mental benefit to running, of, of all running. But I think that you really highlight it when you start running faster of, I wonder how fast I could run at that speed. Like, if I tried to go this fast, how long could I hold on? Or how fast could I go from this point to this point? Mm -hmm. And when you do it over shorter distances, it really just kind of opens up this question mark about, well, if I could do that, what else could I do in the world of running or in all aspects of your life? Because it just kind of keeps opening this idea of experimentation and fun. Yeah, and I think it also curiosity, right? I think that's really what it comes from. And I love seeing this, like from, you know, our clients that come to us and they've never really been on any sort of official training plan before or they've never done speed work before and then they start to hit the speed work and they start to see paces that they've never even seen before. They see paces in their watch that they never imagined possible and they're like, well, I only held it for a minute, but 
I can't believe I saw that number on my watch. Yeah, I only held it for a minute, but and it's like, no, no, no. Just just enjoy that you held it for a minute. Mm-hmm. Like you if you never thought that number would be possible, isn't it cool how fast you can make your body go? For a minute. Yeah. Right. And then a couple weeks later, they do it for two minutes at that pace. And then it's like, see, do you see now? Like there's progress being made. Yeah, you a thought. Uh, a month ago, you thought you were going to die, you know, <laughs> when you when you hit that pace. And now you're like, you can do it and not feel like you're going to keel over at the end of that minute. Yeah, or three months ago where you thought that pace never even existed. Mm-hmm. That's a pace that my body doesn't do. Yeah. You I know? mean, there's people that just write off paces like yeah. that. Well, I could never go that fast. Mm-hmm. I, have you tried? Mm-hmm. Like, that's where the experimentation comes. Like, maybe the answer is... No. And maybe the answer is four ten seconds. Sure. You know what I mean? Like I mean But it's still fun to play with. Believe me, I run strides and I see the pace in my watch when I run strides and I think to myself, Oh my god, Kevin holds this for an a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> Like Kevin has held this pace for a marathon, you know, like, and it like kind of puts me in my place, but it's still, you know, a six minute mile, six minute mile pace to me, I can hold for a very short period of time. Whereas you hold that for 26.2 miles, but it still makes me happy to see those numbers hit my watch. Because whatever the numbers are, especially if they're numbers that you're not used to running, you don't regularly run, they're exciting when you hit them and Mm -hmm. exciting. Well, that kind of keeps the whole boredom away because it's exciting. Right. And then that's going to motivate you to continue to push yourself, to continue to experiment, to try new things, to keep training, right? Because honestly, guys, if you're training, if it's boring, if it hurts, like if you don't see any progress, you're not going to keep doing it. So those of you that think to, to yourselves, you know, oh, I just need motivation. I need to find my motivation. Like you don't need motivation. You need a plan. You need variety. You need excitement. You need to enjoy the process of running. Like that's where so much of the goodness comes out. And then that will lead to to more motivation when you start to see those things and feel those things. Yeah. I mean, if you're excited to head out the door, like if you're excited about what the possibility of that run holds for it, Mm -hmm. I think I've got the grammar right on that one. (laughs) You're excited about the possibility within that run. You don't need to be motivated to head out the door because you're already excited about the, what could happen. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's some, that's not necessarily every day. You know, we're not saying that every day you should be like, oh, yeah, today I'm going to go rock it. Like there are some days you might not feel like running. But again, more benefits of accepting the identity of runner. And this is just something that I do or having that structured training plan that's going to say, well, this is on my plan today. So this is what I'm going to do today. Yes. Is there definitely days that I wake up and I'm like, all right, this is what I'm supposed to do today. So I'm going to go do that now. Mm hmm. And not just go back to bed. Yeah. But I mean, like Monday morning, I was tired and Mm. it was still dark out and I did not want to go get in miles and my legs were still sore from the 20 the day before, but I was supposed to go out and run. And yes, I did not, you know, leap up and click my heels on the way out the door, (laughs) but I still went out and did it. Mm. And it leads to excitement for what's still coming up because there's also that like, okay, well, if I do this and if I do the next one, that makes these other things more possible. Like mm-hmm. it continues to open the possibility of new doors being open. Yeah, exactly. So today we're going to go into some of these core paces. Okay. We want to talk about effort level training and variety. Like we were talking about, you know, because variety is the spice of life, right? They say, it. but variety is also the spice in your running, right? Like you're, when you vary the different types of workouts that you do, the different types of runs that you 
you do, the different effort levels that you're putting forth or paces that you're trying to hit, that is what makes everything more fun, more exciting, opens up new doors of possibility, and also gets you in shape the fastest. Like, gets you well, the there results. Is that too. <laughs> like, the, let's, let's, there are results that you're looking for, whether it's to get in better shape, to get stronger, to get fitter, to lose weight, to be sh- faster, like, to run longer distances. There are, there is some sort of result that you are looking for. And when you vary up your training and push at different levels, you're going to get there faster. Okay. So let's just start out with our three core paces right. or three core effort levels. Our three core effort levels. Um, we made them really creatively named. We call them easy, hard, and medium. And I put them in that order because I think that it's more important that you focus on easy and hard and then let medium kind of slide in. And we'll get there as we, as we go through and we talk about it. Um, that medium is not such a very precise point mm-hmm. in terms of your body, that medium is a range. Right. So the majority of your running should be done at an easy pace. Okay. Now, when we say easy pace, we this means that you are able to maintain a conversation without feeling completely out of breath, okay? If you're not running with someone, you should be able to sing a line of your favorite song without feeling winded, okay? So It's the holiday season. There's lots of songs. You it's probably the have holiday one. holiday season. You could sing that one. So whoop dee doo. <laughs> Dickory dock. <laughs> I don't I don't even know, but they're all there and you know you have holiday songs running through your head. See if you can sing probably a couple of lines. Probably some Mariah Carey because Lord knows that one's on repeat. Lots of Mariah Carey. <laughs> um and so see if you can actually sing along for a couple of lines and if you can't, you might need to slow that down. And for some people that might mean that you need a run-walk combo, Mm -hmm. and that's fine because that's your easy effort. And if you're like, well, I've never done a run-walk. I always just run. If I have to put walking in, then I'm not really running. No, no, no. You're listening to the running podcast. You go out and run. You're already a runner. We've passed that point. Run easy. That means if you need to incorporate walking breaks, put in regularly scheduled walking breaks. Right. When you finish your easy run, you shouldn't feel like spent. You should feel like you could go out for another 10, 20, 30 minutes, depending on how long your run was, like you could keep going pretty easily. You know, at the end of your easy run, you could just be like, okay, and I'm done now. Like that's kind of the feeling that you should have. And when you allow yourself to run at this easy pace, it is less pounding on your body, the forces, right? Because you're just going at an easier effort level. You're not breathing as hard. So... It feels much more comfortable, okay? And there's a lot of physiological benefits to easy running too, which include increasing the number of mitochondria you have, which are the energy-producing parts of your cells. So your cells literally become more efficient at producing energy or converting energy because they have more powerhouses where they can convert food into energy. And it also increases your capillary production. And capillaries are the little blood vessels that bring the blood to your working muscles, okay? And those two things are, like your body basically produces more of those during easy runs more efficiently than it does during the harder runs. Right. For those of you who are regular listeners to the podcast, you've probably heard us say this before because I try and incorporate mitochondria and capillary density into every episode without Angie noticing. I just try and slide <laughs> it in into as many episodes as I possibly can just because it's fun to talk about. <laughs> All right. Um, so that's that's the benefits of easy runs. An easy run should be the vast, vast majority of your running. They're also just more enjoyable in a lot of ways. Like I know I know that when we teach some people about easy running, because believe it or not, 
a lot of runners don't know that they should be running easy, that they should be running easier than what they're currently running. Because most runners, when they just tend to go out for a run, go out in that medium to moderate level. Like if you think about your typical daily run, most people say, oh, it's probably about a level five, like five out of 10, you know, and that's just kind of how hard I thought I was supposed to go. Like they don't know that it's okay to slow down. And so when people start slowing down there, it's just so many people have said how enjoyable it is. I actually got to look at the scenery today. Like I noticed the animals on my run and nature and like all these things that when you're pushing hard, you don't have the focus to be able to like notice some of these other beautiful things around. It turns out I passed some beautiful trees and some flowers. Normally I'm just dizzy and hyperventilating. Mm -hmm. Like, no, just slow it down and enjoy the world around you. Enjoy your run because like it really should be an enjoyable activity. Right. So there are physical benefits and there are also so just mental and psychological benefits of easy running. Excellent. On to part two, hard running. You should sprinkle this in, like delicately sprinkle this in to your regular routine. Like it should come up on a regular basis, but not like a day in, day out basis. Mm-hmm. This is for, as as you pointed out already, is for building power. It's for building strength. You can without trying a lot you can improve your form through running really hard Mm -hmm. like especially if you're running like hard uphill it's hard to have crazy awkward form if you're trying to run quickly up a hill because your body will naturally try and have less arms and legs flying all over the place because it's too busy trying to get your body up the hill right so you have you waste less energy doing the inefficient movements your body like naturally becomes more efficient at just propelling you forward because you're trying to go faster than you did before okay so one way that you can start to incorporate hard effort levels are strides or short surges built into your run now when we say strides this is like a level eight out of ten like if you were to grade your run okay and we're going to talk a little bit about grading your effort level in a little bit here but it's not all out it's not as fast as you possibly could go but it is a hard effort level Right. And I mean, we're going to get into that and how it's effort levels kind of have some nuance to them, but there is more that your body is capable of doing than jogging super easy and sprinting. Like there's a level down from that. There's a dimmer switch inside of your effort controls. And when we say hard, it's really anything in that like eight, nine level. It does not need to be 10. There's a rabid dog chasing you. Like eight is pretty hard effort and you're you're not going to be able to sustain that for that long. You could do it for several minutes, but not for that long. Right. So like, for example, if you are able to run a 5k, a level eight would be maybe how hard can you run a quarter mile, like as fast as you can. Like that could be a level eight, level nine um, in that effort level range. That's hard, right? Like you could, if you were just to run for 10 seconds where you're just doing an all out sprint, that's going to be a lot faster than if you had to sustain that for two to three minutes. Right. That's, I mean, there's a, there's a big difference. And then, you know, obviously depending on pacing, there's a difference between how long you can go versus how far time on a clock versus distances. So mm-hmm. we'll get into that, but hard is, is designed to help you build power and strength. And you can incorporate it either with some short bursts at the end of your run with little walking breaks between or with little short surges during your run. Mm-hmm. And that's a fun way to just kind of mix up the middle of your run also. Right. Um, so let's move on to medium. Medium. Oh my goodness. Wide, wide range of improvements because there's such a wide range of efforts. Like medium is 
anything above easy and below hard as far as I can tell. It's the gray area in the middle where a lot of runners before they learn about effort levels kind of tend to live in this medium range. And you can get some benefits out of that, but you're not getting like all of the level eight benefits or all the level two benefits. Your body's kind of going to figure out what it needs to optimize based off of what's sort of missing. Right. And so when you start running, if you're the kind of runner that just goes out and runs the same pace or the same effort, like if you just find yourself drop into this medium pace, that's what a lot of times, like when runners hit a plateau, this is what happens, right? They they just go out and they start running. And if you're at the beginning of your running journey, you see improvements, right? You're able to run faster. You're, you see your pace improving. You're able to run further. And then the progress just kind of plateaus. And that's what happens with a lot of runners that go out at the medium pace. And then in order to improve, you start trying to push harder than that, or you try to push longer than that, and your body's not quite ready for it. And that can lead to the cycle of injury that a lot of runners find themselves in. Right. So a lot of people, when they start with us, because they're used to spending so much time in that medium range, very little of their plan tends to have medium level running to Mm -hmm. it. There's a lot of easy running and then some harder stuff into it. And then just to kind of not just drain the body through only hard when you do like an an effort above easy, there's some medium runs sprinkled in, but so many people are just used to that because that's that's their go-to. So to try and break them out of the habit, we like to start people with a lot of, of easies and hards. That's why I said that our, our three core paces are easy, hard, and medium. Mm-hmm. Right. And obviously we need to incorporate all different types of effort levels into our training. Yes, of course. So Um, This is where we're kind of get into effort levels versus pacing. Like, do you need a specific number on a clock? Does it have to correspond? And, you know, how, like, if I say level eight, like that's your hard effort level, how fast is that? How Mm -hmm. far, in terms of like a time on a clock, could you sustain that? And the two of us argue back and forth on this. I mean, we've kind of come to a consensus, but it took took some discussion back and forth on, on what these different paces are and how long you could hold them. Like, what right. is level eight? And why do we focus on eight instead of nine? Like, eight as a distance runner is something that's a lot more useful and sustainable than constantly putting in 10. Now, don't get me wrong. It's fun every once in a while to just try 10 Mm -hmm. like that's the experimentation that we were talking back at the beginning but most of your hard effort is going to give you the most benefits for races like a 5k or a 10k if you keep it to like a level eight that's something you could probably hold for several minutes but not like you know it's it's slower than something you would only be trying to sustain for like 30 seconds right so we refer to easy as level two out of ten like if you were to rate your exertion okay so there's a scale called the rating of perceived exertion the rpe so on a scale of one to ten how hard are you pushing yourself so we consider easy as level two which surprises a lot of people when we say that because they think oh easy is probably like a level three or four like no easy is like level one or two and hard like Kevin just said is more of like the eight nine ten so When we get into these various paces and efforts, especially when people are new to effort-based trainings, they like to get bogged down in the numbers. Well, 
my L8 pace, my level eight pace is this. And it's like, well, if you're talking about a pace, yes, there are kind of corresponding effort levels, but we don't encourage people to get super bogged down in the paces all the time, right? Sometimes it is helpful, especially if you're shooting for a number goal, if you have a time that you're trying to go for. Pacing, like having specific workouts with specific paces can be very helpful. However, it's also very helpful to actually start to listen to your body and be more mindful of how hard you feel like you're pushing yourself. It helps a lot when you get into a race to know how hard you're pushing yourself of, okay, well, this is like my five. And if I've done this in workouts before, if I've tried to go for a run, I know that I can run this for however long that is for you before I start really starting feeling tired on this. So since this is a 5K, this is a 10K, that means I can ramp up or I should probably pull back a little bit. Being able to connect what the different levels feel like to your body mm-hmm. is super important. And it, it helps you with races, but it also just helps you with the experimentation on a day in, day out just how does that workout feel for you? Yeah, and a lot of people, when we talk about numbers, a lot of people want to connect their effort levels to a certain pace, but they also are asking about heart rate training. We get so many questions about, well, what heart rate should I be at then? Lots like, what should, my, what should my L5 heart rate be? And again, this can vary across the spectrum. Like someone that we're training that is, you know, 25 years old or 30 years old is going to have a much different heart rate range than someone who might be 60. And the different ranges are different. Like if you know your maximum heart rate versus just estimating it with a formula, like there's a lot of gray area here. And again, this takes us back to that importance of actually listening to your body and figuring out what these levels feel like, becoming more mindful of it. And there are so many people that say, oh, well, that just sounds too hard, right? That just sounds too confusing. That's going to take too much effort. It's going to take too much time. It's like, okay, but like, you're on this running journey for the rest of your life. Right. And that's hopefully that's the thing is when you step back and view it as a really long term running journey, it doesn't take too much time because that's that's the point. Mm-hmm. The point is just continue to improve and see how good of a runner you can be. Like maybe best runner for you is gaining greater understanding about what easy effort feels like, mm-hmm. not what that number is, not what is my pace per kilometer for that. Like, but what is that feel like in my lungs? What does that feel like with my heart? Like, can I hear my heart beating in my ears? Maybe that's not L2 anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, just kind of getting to understand what your body is. So many of us, you know, you put the the music in or like whatever it is, like I've got to get through this run. So I'm just going to have as many outside stimuli going as possible Mm -hmm. so that I can just get through it and be done with it. Why not just slow down and enjoy the run? Like just... Well, it actually on enjoy the, the experience. Yeah, it depends on the point, right? Like sometimes if you're doing, say, like a tempo run where you're trying to hold that higher effort for a sustained period of time, sometimes that music and those external things can be very helpful to distract you from the pain. Right, especially if you're using that kind of a run, specifically building up to a very key race and mm-hmm. you're now you may even be off of efforts and you're into trying to hit a certain pace zone. Right. Regardless of what the conditions are. Like that's the pace that you're aiming for that day. So sure, throw the music on, try and tune things out and just try and lock into that pace and ride mm-hmm. it out. Yeah, I mean you like to do this on a treadmill too. I do. 
I do. I, I like to, I, the, the little like cup holder thing in front, if you shove your phone inside of it and no one else is in the gym, because I only use the gym at my school now when no one else is in there, it echoes inside of the cup holder, so it gives me nice, beautiful speaker sound, which is <laughs> nice, so I can get my music going. Right. Um, but then it, you just like hit the time on the treadmill and you just go. Like you just kind of zone out and just go. Right, which, I mean, even last year, like the lacrosse guys were training I don't know, last like January, back when people used to interact with each other in normal things, and I would be in there just running away, and the kids would come in and they'd say hi because I taught some of them in class, and there were a couple of them that the next day were like, "Mr. Brand, you were really moving on the treadmill." I said, "Hi, wait, why didn't you say hi back?" I'm like, "I'm sorry, I didn't even hear you," mm-hmm. because I was I was going, yeah. like I was just in it and going. Right. So when we start to think about our effort levels, it's important to know that sometimes day to day these effort levels and and this is why we caution people with attaching an effort level to a specific pace because sometimes those paces are much different right like if you are running in 50 degrees beautiful perfect weather your l2 is probably going to be a lot faster than it is when it's 100 degrees outside the sun is shining on you and the heat index is like 108 those are going to be very different runs or when it's 10 degrees outside and the wind is blowing and it's uh, ice on the ground and mm-hmm. you're just trying to like not slip throughout right. your entire like, run yeah like you're you're on high alert because you don't want to hit a patch of ice like that's going to be a much different run than a beautiful 50 degree and sunny right and or whether it's going uphill downhill like mm-hmm. these things affect your pace i know there there was a run that that, that I used to do a lot more regularly um, that was an out and back run. And it was always wind in my face in one of the directions. Not always the same, but it was always wind in my face one way and tailwind the other. Mm-hmm. The number of what the pace is is going to be very different, even if it both feels like an L2. Right. And so sometimes it's also important to remember the outside stress on our body in many different forms, especially now during the holiday season, now during the midst of a global pandemic, like all of these things affect the way our bodies feel. Emotional stress, psychological stress lots of things on your to-do list, all of that affects you physically. So it's important to keep in mind because you don't want running to just be one more source of stress in your life. Like running should be the opposite. Running should help you to relieve some of that stress, to kind of get some of that out and process through some of the emotions and the stress and the things that you're going through in your life. So if you think If you tell yourself that, oh, well, my L2 pace is 10-minute miles and you just have all of this holiday stress and all sorts of financial issues or whatever it might be and you go out and you run like a 10, 30, 11 and you're like, I don't know what was wrong with me today. Oh, what was wrong with me? These are the messages that we hear though. These are the messages that runners often tell themselves. I don't know what was wrong with me today. I just, I couldn't run any faster well then that's your l2 like you know that that day that's what you had and that's okay and that's one of the reasons we caution people from attaching those paces to the effort levels and being having a a tight grip on that right i mean especially if you've got a ton of outside stresses and you're like i just i need to go out and run to get the crazy out go out with the intention of making it an l1 like, focus, tell yourself this is going to be even slower than my L2, and maybe it climbs itself, and pace-wise it hits 
what your normal L2 is, but it's not even going to feel like an L2 anymore. But go out telling yourself, today I really need to pull myself back. I'm not going to worry about what the watch says. I'm just going to make this feel like an easy run that I'm going to enjoy my time out there. And maybe you maybe you just had the kind of day that you need to get it all, leave it all out on the pavement, right? And so it was supposed to be an easy day, but for whatever reason, you need to go out and you need to push harder than that. Because some people, especially easy, earlier on in your easy running journey, um, find it difficult to maintain an easy pace, right? They're, they're, they feel like I, I'm constantly pushing, holding myself back and it just gets frustrating. And there can be that period of adjustment for a lot of people. Some people love easy running right out of the gate. Some people have a, a little bit of a hesitation. And a lot of that is just the, the mental resistance, I think, that we are able to accept that easy running is actually going to be good for us. Like there's a lot of resistance around that. I had a huge amount of resistance. That's why I did too. I mean, that's why this is such a big thing for both of us. I mean, since I started running, like literally since I started running when I was 14, I've never thought that easy was a useful day. Mm -hmm. Like my high school coach, every time he would send us off on just like an easy distance run before we took off, he would pull me aside and be like, Brown, easy day come back with the group. I don't want you to come back and then 10 minutes later everybody else finishes. It's an easy run. Mm-hmm. You know, in high in college there was no easy days cuz I was just trying my best to hang on with the group. So they were all at least medium. And, and then after that I was like, well, that's all I've ever known, so I must just that's that's the appropriate thing to do and I was always pushing too hard. It was not for years that I realized, okay, pull it back. And then easy actually started feeling easy and it was so weird and it was so uncomfortable and I'm seeing numbers on my clock that I was not mentally okay with because they were too slow because they were too slow and then I started seeing times on the clock at race finish lines and I'm like (laughs) okay well maybe that easy pace is something like that's that's why this is such a critical component to the way we coach because we both know how valuable it is right and I think that you point out a really good thing that goes back to our point earlier of actually having those checkpoints where you do challenge yourself so that you can start to see the benefits of the easy running. Because a lot of times if you don't, if you're just dependent on a race and races all are canceled, you need to set up these checkpoints, whether it's your own virtual race or like a run test or something that you can do to see and if you are actually progressing so that you can see the benefits of training this way, because that is going to help motivate you to continue also. Right. And then also running those easy paces help you out on days where you're supposed to be running harder paces. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about harder paces as classically an L8. You know, sometimes people get a little carried away. Maybe you have the stressful day and you want to run it out, like you pointed out earlier. So that L8 gets a little up into L9, maybe even the ever dangerous red zone L10. <laughs> like it's it's not. It's it's a fun level that you can play with as long as you keep the distances kind of short and it's not a day after day kind of thing. But you could safely put these guys in a couple of times a week if you build up to that. Like I wouldn't just start out and be like, well, every other day I'm just going to sprinkle in a little bit of hard running. I think that's too much. But you can start adding in a little bit once a week. And then if you really like it and you keep it really small strides at the end of a run, you could ramp those paces up. You know, maybe you do six strides at the end of a run and you do, uh, the first couple at level eight and then the next couple at nine and the last couple at level 10, just, just kind of ramp it up as your body gets used to it. That's kind of fun to do. 
Right, and this goes back to experiment and have fun because running should be fun. Like, it's just one of those things. And, like, when you start to play with different effort levels, it can be really fun. Right, and then you start seeing that you have paces that are beyond eight. Like, you've got a nine, you've got a ten. So when you go back to eight, you're like, oh... This is still hard, but it's not an all-out sprint. I can hold this for a little bit of time. Like mm-hmm. you could eventually build up to a point where and it depends on your experience, it depends on what your goals are out of it, but you could hold an 8 for a few minutes, maybe even several minutes. You're not going to want to. Oh no. Don't get me wrong, you're going to want to stop pretty early in it. Yeah, I mean, like technically L8 would be like your all-out mile pace. Like you could run your fastest mile would be about a level 8. Sure. Would you say that's a nine? I'd say that's a nine. Okay, so level eight, nine. Yeah, somewhere in there. And that's why it's all... You always bring up the 3K pace, which is I always think is such a funny distance. Well, that's why... Okay, so I like to put the, the efforts to how how much time you could hold that pace. Yeah. If you really, really had to. Right. Like, really had to. L8, you could hold for 10 minutes. Whew. That sounds painful. Oh, no, excruciating. Ugh. And you you would want to start stop after, like, I don't know, two. Right. I mean, but- and, and this is the debate that Kevin and I have had for <laughs> years, right? Because, like, he, he is a very different kind of runner than I am, and I'm a very different runner than you might be. Like, there, And so, you know, Kevin's idea of pushing hard, he's like, oh, well, you know, that's just the pace that you can go out and sustain for an hour. And I was like, well what if you can't run for an hour? You know, like that just doesn't really apply then. Right. And so these are the debates that we've had over the years and we've come to a, a good spot. I think a, a nice balance of the two of us. Yes. Cause that was, <laughs> that was a very difficult conversation that we had that, you know, the classic tempo pace, which mm-hmm. is like your medium effort is by the book, the pace that your body could sustain for 60 minutes. Like, okay, well, I can run for five. Yeah. Okay, well, now what do we do with that? Mm-hmm. And it's a combination of still incorporating run walks, and the running portion can change. Well, you can still get walking breaks, and you can vary the length of your walking breaks. Like, this is part of the whole, let's just open up a whole bunch of experiments. How about if you go hard for 20 seconds, and then you have to take two minutes to walk and recover from that? All right, well, now what if you do it as a medium? Maybe medium for just a minute. Like, Maybe you could run for five straight minutes. How about running medium for one minute and then take two minutes of a walking break to recover from that? Right. Play with all the different ratios and see what it is. Yeah. And, do- and, but don't do it all the time, okay? Like, that, that's, <laughs> yes. that's an important thing to, to put in here. Like, because it's, it's true. It can be really fun and it can be very, like, intoxicating almost to, like, see what I can do today, right? But, like, again, go back to – we're going back to our 80-20 rule – 80% of your run should be at a level two easy pace. And then 20%, you can, you know, sprinkle this in, vary it up, change it up. So if you run four to five days a week, one or two of those days should be speed days. And your speed days basically should have a warm-up period where you're running easy and then a chunk in the middle where you're running harder paces at like in, with intervals and then a cool down, okay? So that it's still not a huge chunk of your running. And if all of this is sounding very overwhelming to you, if you're like, oh, that sounds really cool, but I have no idea where to start, we can help you, okay? Like, we love coaching runners, all runners of all levels, and we love helping people to start to break through and have more fun in their running and feel really good. So if you want 
some coaching. We would love to support you in your running journey. Um, and there's going to be more information coming at the end of the episode. Basically, you can join our Real Life Runners training team, realliferunners.com forward slash team. Um, we take all the guesswork out for you, okay? Like, we, you don't have to figure anything out. We give you a training plan We exactly where you are to take you to where you want to be. And it's just so much fun for us. Like, you get to be a part of the team with teammates and coaches. And it's just a blast. I knew you were just going to go for a while because like, it's super exciting. Like I know. You love Sometimes the team. I can't. I can't help myself. It's because you're a coach. <laughs> because I love them. You're a coach and you love the team. Like, and I you, love coaching. You you do very much. Yeah. Um, so on, on the idea of the pacing, just trying to kind of wrap this thing up, like, yes, the core of all of your running, all of your running should be easy paced running. Level two. Like, how easy is that? Go out for an easy run. Now slow down a little bit mm-hmm. is generally the way that we've taught this for years yep. is how how slow is slow. Well, take it nice and easy and then pull back from that. Mm-hmm. And that gives you the opportunity because then you're not exhausted when you finish that run. So then the next day or the couple days later, the next time you go out and run, if you want to push to a medium pace, if you want to push to a hard pace, you aren't still exhausted from the last time. Mm-hmm, exactly. Because that's just not a fun way to train either. So... You want to make sure that you incorporate these different things, but maintain the majority of of runs at the easy pace. So I think that kind of wraps up what we've got for today. I think that's it, yeah. If you guys have any questions, feel free to email us. You can reach us at podcast at realliferunners.com. And like I said, we would love to bring more runners onto our training team and help more runners to achieve their goals and to take the easy route. Like I was talking to one of our team members the other day and I said, what, you know, what do you like about being on the team? And he was like, well, basically I get to take the easy way out. Like I can run easier and get the same results and feel good in the process. And I was like, well, there you go. That's a pretty solid way to put People it. People always want the shortcut. People always want the easy way, right? And and we can give that to you, okay? Like, we can help you get the results that you're looking for, but not have to train so darn hard all the time. Like, that's a beautiful thing, okay? And if you sign up before the end of the year... Um, I'm also including a free one-on-one coaching call, okay? So if you sign up before December 31st of 2020, um, you also get a free one-on-one coaching call with me so that we can go over any questions that you might have um, and get you make sure that you're really set up and ready to go. That's a pretty sweet bonus. I think so. The one-on-one coaching call with you. Yeah. I've I've been pretty busy. I could use 20 minutes of just chatting with you. I mean, I've, I've, (laughs) I've been giving them to our current team members and they've been loving it. So it's, it's been a ton of fun. So anyway, if you're interested, um, you can sign up for our team. It's open right now for enrollment. Fantastic. All right, guys. So as always, thank you so much for joining us. This has been the real life runners episode number 175. Now get out there and run your life. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to come check out the Real Life Runners training team. It's our monthly coaching program where we take all of this material, we apply it, and we take it to the next level. We teach you how to train your mind, body, and skills for true and lasting success in your running and your life. We offer customized training plans, live coaching calls, and one-on-one coaching, along with our proven system to help you transform into the runner you want to be and achieve your goals. Come join our team over at realliferunners.com forward slash team and start to truly run your life. We'll see you there.